Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. Big Ten Roundup Week 2. Grab a beer. We're putting college football in your ear. All right, Beef. Let's get on this Midwest Corn Fest Game of the Week. Our pick for the Midwest Corn Fest Game of the Week is... Illinois versus Kansas. Burt and the Bellies take to the road to play the Jayhawks in this Friday night fight under the lights. Beef, you picked Kansas as your Big 12 champion. How does this game go for those Jayhawks? Yeah, Jalen Daniels is expected to play in his return since his shoulder injury last season. I did more of a deep dive into this. They started off hot 5-0. and Ranked for the first time in God knows how long. I think it was 2009. And then Jalen goes down for the Jayhawks. The bottom kind of fell out. Did a deeper dive. It was their schedule that really made things look heavenly when they weren't so much. They had the likes of Tennessee Tech, West Virginia, Houston, and Duke on their schedule. Now, looking into that, it doesn't look so hot in retrospect. They were 5-0. Then they got into the meat of that Big 12 schedule and started losing a bunch of games. Even though they didn't have Jalen Daniels, they weren't going to win those games anyway, even with them. So I don't know what I think. Maybe that was just a stupid choice to choose Texas. They were just looking hot at the time, and I quickly chose the wrong team, I think. So, but we'll see. What's your prediction? I'm going to go with the Fighting Illini get dropped like balls on New Year's. They struggle in this game because they're playing back-to-back close games, and this one gets them snake bit. Yeah, after a deep penetration into Kansas. Wait, AJ, isn't that your sister's nickname? And watching Illinois in year two under the walking earthquake, I'm taking Illinois in a close one. That was a bad pick, and and I got to cut my losses. I shouldn't have picked Kansas. Illinois all the way. Illinois. All right. There's some other big games. Obviously, Nebraska versus Colorado. Colorado makes this game hot. Wasn't that hot of a game, but Colorado... Prime time, first game at home, now we're talking. Colorado comes off a program-changing win to start the Dion era in Colorado. Meanwhile, Rule, his era didn't start off too well. They turned the ball over. They got turned over like a dirty mattress. You ain't hiding those stains. New Rule, same results are the Whispers and Lincoln. Yeah, man, it's got to be frustrating to be a Huskers fan right now. I would lose my fucking shit. But these are the greatest fans in the world. They're going to stick by their team. What's your prediction? I think the Huskers figure it out. They run the balls deep into the buffs and slow down this game. It's going to be like a Marvin Gaye Saturday night. Huskers win a close one. They win it in the trenches. Rule ruins prime. Not so fast, my friend, as someone once said. Prime shoves his foot so far up Rule's ass on the way out of that door and in a blowout fashion that he loses a few more toes. This game is a lot like watching two girls in one cup. It starts off great, but it'll quickly turn to shit. All right, let's move on then. Let's move on. Wisconsin versus Washington State. Whiskey packs their barrels to take on the Cougars. Beef, what is a better mix than whiskey and Cougars? 
You know that can't be beet beef. This is Luke Fickle's first real test. The Badgers travel way out west. Get used to it. This is going to happen on a regular to play a sneaky, good, pack done team. Tanner Mordecai struggles a bit in game one. Two interceptions and one touchdown. Cameron Ward, 451 yards and three touchdowns versus Colorado State last week. Washington State has the quarterback to do the job. There's running backs at Wisconsin. There's the defense of Wisconsin. Who's going to win this game? Hmm. I think Whiskey leaves the Cougars wet, beaten, and ran through. Allen and Chez control this game, and they beat up on these Cougars. Yeah, Braylon Allen and Chez Malusi. Grab your condoms, head to the local W Hotel, where there are Cougars galore, and they're going to whip the shit out of those Cougars. I agree with you on this one, man. The Beave concurs. Well, thanks, Beave. It's not often that you concur with me. I appreciate it. Every now and then, me and you have the same mindset. It's college football season, man. We got to start agreeing on some shit. Right. This next game might have been a Midwest Corn Fest game of the weekend and a lot of other years, but I think Iowa State's not holding up their end of the bargain. Iowa versus Iowa State in this Cyhawk Saturday, the 70th meeting of the Cyhawk Saturday. Hawkeyes lead the overall series 46 to 23. The Cyclones are not holding up their end of the bargain. Well, Brian Ferentz has a lot to prove in this game. He's got to put up more points than 25. He's got to get at least 27 to average that 25. So, with the long-tenured coaches in this game, Campbell for Iowa State and Kirk Ferentz, who's been there for fucking ever at Iowa. He's never going to leave. There's no reason to have him leave. You just need to have his son leave, possibly. Iowa State had a dismal year last year, finishing 4-8 and eight on the season. They were, I believe, last place in the Big 12. I look for Iowa to improve, but what are your predictions for the game? Hawkeye's big. Brian goes for 35. He breaks that 25-point standard put in by his dad. For me, the biggest question for this game will be who will win the under bet. I got Iowa, but Vegas probably knows the winner already. Actually, directly looking at this game, I really like Iowa. I give Iowa a lot of shit. I give Brian Ferentz a lot of shit, and we do both on the show. But they now have their guy, and he actually knows how to throw the ball. I mean, an offensive touchdown on the first drive, that's something of a miracle in those parts. I'll take McNamara, throw in some touchdowns, and Iowa over Iowa State. They win this one big. The Beef concurs. All right, so we got Purdue heading out to Virginia Tech out in Blacksburg. Ryan Walters and the defending Big Ten West champs get upset in their season opener. Now find themselves working the streets like a hooker with turkey neck in Hokies country. What's your thoughts, Beef? This game is a lot like tossing your salad with your stepfather. I don't even want to think about it, let alone watch it. I don't care. Let's move right along. There's got to be better games to talk about than this. I mean, what kind of porn are you into, Beef? I said I don't want to watch it. This is like being forced to watch some bullshit. I'm going to give a prediction, though. I think Ryan Walters fortunately starts off 0-2. They get lunch pailed by these Hokies and limp their asses back to West, West. Lafayette after losing in a close one, 27-24. Yeah, it's going to be a close game. I actually think Purdue's going to pull this off. I don't know what the score will be, but I think they'll win. You know, maybe three points, seven points, ten points. I don't know. I don't care. I don't want to watch. I don't even want to think about it. That's fair, man. Well, you think that game is bad? <laughs> Let's get into those Brett Bielema cupcakes. So first one, man. Got to call out these cupcakes. Ohio State versus Youngstown. Is this what we get with our Saturdays? This is what we get? You know what? Youngstown State is fulfilling their full budget with this. I mean, they're still struggling from the COVID years of not having an audience. And they get $800,000 to play this game. 
everyone's happy. Uh, everyone but the viewers. Touche. Indiana versus Indiana State. No one ca- Indiana fans don't even care. And this game is entirely in Indiana. Who cares? Yeah, now we got Penn State versus Delaware. Where is Delaware when it comes to college football? They have those ugly helmets, don't they? They do have those ugly helmets. All right. Speaking of those ugly helmets, what's the next game? Michigan versus UNLV. Another trip to Pound Town. You know, Michigan loves these cupcakes, boy. That's just... So what, second in the row already? Man, they had to schedule these cupcakes when they were getting, you know, three and seven every year or three and eight, you know, schedule the cupcakes, get some momentum built. Now they're a big time baller again, so they need to up their schedule a little bit. Up the ante, schedule someone. We got Michigan State versus the Richmond Spiders. Ooh, man, can't wait to put that on the TV. Yeah, and you're going to look at me weird again with this comment. Northwestern versus UTEP. I'd rather gargle anal discharge than sit down and have to watch that fuck show. (laughs) I'll take your fuck show and I'll raise you one more. Maryland and Charlotte. Hey, man, at least Maryland can throw the ball. I mean, you get to watch some dynamite Tungavailoa bullshit and that tight end that they got there in Maryland. Woo, buddy. He's the real deal. More fuck show to go. Minnesota, Eastern Michigan. Yep. That makes me want to throw up in my mouth. My goodness. I think you're going to top us for the fuck show of them all. Yeah. The big cupcake fuck show of them all. Rutgers and Temple. Damn, it doesn't get any worse. You know what? I can think of something worse. In this next segment, we have what's called a reverse sponsorship. Verizon sucks dick. Their customer service is probably the worst in the nation. They've always had a good product, but man, have they gone down hard. Don't ever try to get out of there within an eight-hour period because you're not going to get shit done. You got to take two days off just to get something done with Verizon. And much like their map, we're going to cover the rest of the nation. Yeah, now that Beav got that off his chest, and and I mean not got off on his chest, just want to make sure that's clear. Let's let's go ahead and take a look at these national games. Yeah, there's still sticky shit on my chest from what Verizon did to me. <laughs> Beav, let's bring out that ball trimmer and let's trim the landscape week two edition. So Beav, we got a monster of a game, Texas at Alabama. This game last year was a classic. And with Texas set to join the SEC, we'll be getting this matchup a lot more off. Yeah, this is the game that has the biggest cock, the veiny bastard. We're going to see some ball that we've wanted to see all year long. We've been waiting for this. This is what a college football fan wants to see, man. I can't wait. Jalen Milrow, he showed us last week. He has what it takes on the ground and through the air. It'll be interesting to see what he does against a quality opponent like Texas. I mean, Texas has the recruits to hang. Jalen Milrow, the former Texas commit, now takes over for Bama. Man, this has got matchups all over the place. Kool-Aid McKinstry, yes, that's an actual name, a first name. It's not a nickname against Quinn Ewers, the former Ohio State quarterback. So there's talking lines all over the place. What do you think? Who's going to win this game? But the outcome of this game could have great magnitude to define the reputation of these two programs moving forward. There's going to be a lot of overreactions. They're going to pass like a kidney stone. Super painful, but not actually all that threatening. You will get this. Alabama's dominance of college football is over. Or you're going to get a whole lot of Texas's back because they beat Alabama. There's a lot of football yet to be played this season. And obviously it doesn't carry to what these programs become two, three years down the road. I'm ready to get this started, AJ. I'm ready to get into it. I want to hear your predictions. I'm so pumped up. Let's go. Tell me what you got. Show me your prediction. Alabama wins big, and Sark begins his journey to being on the hot seat in Texas. This man's got to check back into AA. Big Dick reminds all of college football of his and Bama's girt. Man, I still think the last two years have been the beginning of the end for Saban, who will always be good while he's coaching, always have the talent, but everyone slows down in their 70s. Saban's no exception. He's no longer the top dog. 
No pun intended. Oh, you're not done yet? Texas gets back, drops a few games later in the season. That's what I want to say. But what's really going to happen? Saban's going to take this one. No one's coming into Brian Denny and taking one from him. He's not going to let this former assistant coach show him who's the boss. He's the boss. He'll always be the boss. Save him by two touchdowns. All right, so we talked about Texas. Let's talk about Texas A&M. They're playing at Miami. Is Texas A&M the little brother? Oh, they're definitely the little brother. Right now, I don't think separated each other much in size. They're both a big engine that can't, but I still say A&M's the little brother. And this is the first big game for both Miami and Texas A&M. And these guys are always our yearly disappointment. Everybody's always pumping, pumping up A&M, pumping up Miami, and then they just fall apart. Somebody will win this game, they'll get overhyped, and then they'll both, both turn into trash. We'll put them out by the curb, they'll be sitting in a dumpster. I'm telling you, these two programs are 20-footers. Nothing but butter faces. They look good from 20 feet away, but you realize you messed up catcalling this one once you get up close. I, this is the year for Jimbo. He's got a hit. I mean, those recruits he got back in 2022, number one recruiting class in the nation. He's got a hit, man. He's got Petrino carrying the team into relevance. And like I said, those defensive recruits, they got a hit. There's D alignment all over the place. There was four or five five stars. One of them transferred out. I think it was five five stars. One of them transferred out to USC. So they're stacked, man. They should be able to shut down anything Miami brings at them. And Miami, while they scored some points against Miami of Ohio, they still didn't blow them out like they should. I mean, Miami of Ohio is not a great team in even the MAC. I look for Jimbo with all the horses that they have to be completely outmatching Miami. They got recruits coming in, but they don't they don't have it yet. AM big. We have two coaches here. They both have something to prove. Just like last year, they're both gonna blow their load way too early before they even get in the bedroom. And they're just gonna be another busted nut at the end of the year. Jimbo is donezo. With that though, taking Texas AM by three. Yeah man, that defensive line is going to have the Miami's backfield running for their lives like a baby at a Planned Parenthood. <laughs> yeah, Mario can't get this dub. He's another showing of he can't get the job done. I'm really starting to feel sorry for the lady in his life. I got him by 14. A&M by 14. I'm going to take a little less. I'm going to say 3-7. to seven. But let's get into Ole Miss, man. Let's stay down there in SEC country. Ole Miss has got Tulane. Jackson Dart and Ole Miss takes aim at Michael Pratt and the Green Wave in this nice little hidden gem of a game. Tulane needs this win as it seeks out another New Year Six Bowl for the second year in a row. Last year, Tulane had a magical season, beating USC in the Cotton Bowl. Michael Pratt went off 14 for 15 for 300 yards in his season debut for Tulane. But that being said, Ole Miss is a 7.5 favorite. Dart all the way. The slipper's not going to fit on Cinderella this year. I'm right there with you, Beef. I think Tulane comes up short. Another big one. This one's got all the Ohio State fans. Oh, you know everyone likes the big ones. Number Number 10, Notre Dame goes on the road versus NC State. This is Notre Dame's first real test of the season. They're on the road. Notre Dame's a seven and a half point favorite in this Wolfpack home game for NC State. This is one of the toughest road environments in the ACC. But Notre Dame has definitely made quick work of the ACC teams not named Clemson. What you got, Beef? I think Notre Dame showed us everything that they need to show us. They have their quarterback. That's what they needed. They have their wide receivers. That was the other thing. Where are their wide receivers at? Who's this new quarterback going to throw to? They've shown us they have the talent to get the job done. NC State's not going to be able to hang with them. In my heart and for my pocketbook, I want Notre Dame to lose. Those tickets are going to be a whole hell of a lot cheaper sitting in front row watching Ohio State take on Notre Dame if they had a loss. But they're not going to. They're going to roll. No problems here. The sweetness of a season, the magical season, the luck of the Irish is upon us. Notre Dame 
has the real team this year. They're not overrated like they always are. They're going to take it to NC State. I think this is my upset special of the week. Give me the Wolfpack. They're going to hike their legs. They're going to mark their territory and provide golden showers to the fighting gingers of South Like Bay. that. Marking their territory. Woo. Pissing all over them. This is R. Kelly style. I, I totally disagree. I'm okay. all over Notre Dame. They're going to win this big. All right, man. We'll, we'll see what happens Saturday. Yeah, we'll be. Now, there's a couple games that we had kind of circled prior to the season. Then Texas Tech and Baylor kind of bailed on these games. They kind of took the, the flavor out of it. Now we're getting some bland-ass shit we weren't expecting. But, man, before the season, Baylor and Tech had high-in-the-sky apple pie hopes. Both blow their season openers like a brunette after too many margaritas on a Saturday night. So, Beef, do Baylor and Texas Tech bounce back, or do Oregon and Utah take care of business? Yeah, tequila made their clothes fall off, blow out. Oregon big. Utah blowout over Baylor. Not close. Those teams aren't coming back. Just because it was week one does not mean that they're going to get that much better that they can hang with some big dogs of the pack done. I'm with you, Beef. I agree. I think we got a little overhyped on those teams. I think everybody did. But let's move on. Let's talk about USC and Stanford. USC's defense face off against Stanford. It's going to be the typical win that USC has. Way too many points allowed, but too much firepower at USC for Stanford to remain close. They'll overcome at the end of the game. But man, that defense is going to look bad for the third time this season. That Trojan defense couldn't protect a woman from a man with a vasectomy. There's all kinds of holes in that defense, but luckily Caleb Williams is the man. He's going to help save this USC. Bad defense. USC wins easy. Yeah, USC's going to keep winning easy until they face someone with a real defense. They need it. They need to face that Utah team again. And until then, USC's probably going to win. All right. App State almost got the Tar Heels last year. They were able to pull off an upset against Texas A&M. Watch out for those Mountaineers. Hey, man, they are always good for an upset or two. It's been like that since the inception of the Big Ten Network. First game ever, Appalachian State knocks off Michigan. The very first game of the Big Ten Network. I still remember where I was and what I was doing. Cheering like hell on a high street, baby. Magical college football doesn't get much better than that moment. I don't think it happens this time, though. Tar Heels got him. The man, the myth, the legend, the Heisman candidate, Drake May. He does it. Pulls this game off. Doesn't let the upset happen again. Right on, man. So, there's a lot of big games happening out in the Pac-12. Let's get Jamie the Duck on the line. Our Pac Dunn affiliate. Bring him out. Pack done has a big opportunity this weekend. Let's get Jamie the Duck, our Pac-12 affiliate. Let's get his opinion on the seven out-of-conference Power 5 games. What up, Jamie? Are you excited for this massive haul of games in the Pack done Absolutely, Beav. This is a good opportunity for the Pac-12. You know, this is, we talk about how beautiful this season can be for the Pac-12. And, you know, when I look at the first three weeks that I call the preseason, I look at week two as that opportunity to to really put that stamp on it, to really show the show the rest of the conferences the Pac-12 means business. You know, like AJ said, seven out of 10 of our games are against Power 5 conferences, three being from the Big 12, two being from the Big 10, and two from the SEC. We started out 13-0 and in our first two weeks, including week zero, and uh, we're looking to build upon that. Yeah, I'm excited for what this weekend holds. So we'll see after the weekend. If this pack done brings their receipts, much like the game we want to dive into now, Colorado versus Nebraska. Let's get into these games a little deeper. What are your thoughts on Coach Prime bringing prime time to the Huskers? 
on Saturday at high noon. Yeah, now Coach Prime, he delivered, and he put on a show against TCU. His boys did. They showed they're not there to be stepped on, and, and they're not going to be walked over, okay? With that 45-42 win against TCU, they definitely put their name on the map. You can't watch SportsCenter or any other show without hearing about Colorado and Coach Prime. But I, this is my bold pick of the week, and I think Nebraska is going to end up Pulling off the upset in a hard-fought game against Colorado, I think they bring that defense that they showed in Minnesota. And they got two new head coaches in Colorado and Nebraska. One started on a high note and the other one started on a low one. Colorado's going to have their head in the clouds up there in that elevation there. And Nebraska's going to come in with some, with a chip on their shoulder ready to prove something. I think Colorado pulls off a hard-fought win for that first matchup there. Ooh. Right on. All right. So we got Oregon versus Texas Tech. The Ducks and the Red Raiders. We have a six and a half point spread here favoring Oregon. What is your expectations of the Ducks in this Red Raider road trip? Yeah. No, I I think that this is a sleeper game like we've talked about previously. And I think the Ducks pull this out. I think it's more than six and a half points. I I, I definitely would, would take that. But I, I don't think that Texas Tech is sleeping on like how they have an opportunity to embarrass the Ducks with their their quarterback and Tyler Shaw, he was our previous backup quarterback move there. I think it, they're a little embarrassed of their double overtime loss to Wyoming and they're, they want to get a win. You know, they have high expectations. They were hoping to come into this week, one and oh, make the top 25 and have a big time matchup against the Ducks. And, you know, just because they lost last week, it may have lost some of the luster to the big time, you know, sports media, but but it's still a big game for those two teams. And I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, count me in. So Utah hit high last week, shrinking the Mandula Oblongata of the Gators, while Baylor suffered at the mighty hands of Texas State Bobcats. Wow. How do you see this one playing out? You know, going into the season, I thought this was going to be a a pretty good matchup. You know, it's a a Big 12 preview game with Utah heading over there next year. Utah handled business against Florida. Like you talked about, Baylor, that's a pretty embarrassing loss. 42-31 against Texas State. You know, I I think this comes down to, to Utah being true to themselves and being that team to not just step up for the big game to continue continue to show up, you know, travel to Texas and and be ready for Baylor and don't sleep on them just because they got that loss. You got hopefully Cam Rising coming back as quarterback. That's something that Utah was was kind of missing was that offensive prowess in that that first game against Florida, but their defense is phenomenal. So if you get you get Cam Rising with that defense, their defense only gave up 13 rushing yards to Florida. That was 0.6 yards per carry is what Florida got out of them. And so, you know, if they can bring that defense, I don't think Baylor stands a chance. Utah's my pick. Yeah, I'm going Utah as well. Utah, go for yeah. two. So another big game with Washington State and the Badgers. Wisconsin's taking their run air raid thing that was kind of fickle for Tanner Mordecai to figure out all the way out to Washington State. Whiskey doesn't really travel too well. What's your thoughts on this one, Jamie? Hey, Pullman's a great place to play a game, and Wisconsin's going to learn that. They got some crazy fans over there. You know, over in Pullman, Eastern Washington, what they got, they got football. 
All right, and that's what they love to do out there. So expect the fans to be in this one. I actually have Washington State pulling off the upset there. I think they both handled business against their inferior opponents last week. I think it's going to come down to Cam Ward, Washington State's QB. He threw for 451 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions last week. I think he's going to be at home for this one and ready to put on a show for his fans. And I think Washington State pulls off the upset. They have the dogs up front to hang with Wisconsin and that offensive line. I, I think they do. That's something Washington State's been really good at is getting the big boys up front, whether that's offensive line or defensive line. I think they'll be all right. All right. Well, moving right along in the pack done, Arizona State versus Oklahoma State. In years past, this would have been a great game. I'm not exactly sure what to expect here. This game could go either way. Both are coming off lackluster seasons. Close call, Jamie. What do you think? Yeah, no, I was I was kind of 50-50 on this one. You know, I I'm leaning Arizona State. I think being at home, they both, you know, Arizona State and Oklahoma State, they kind of just they won their games, but they played some lackluster teams and and showed up, you know, kind of to some snooze fest uh, with Arizona State winning 24-21 against Southern Utah. Oklahoma State winning 27-13 against Citral, Arkansas. Like you said in the past, they've they put together some big-time teams. They're both 1-0, but you know they really just played a real easy game, and, and I think they're going to test each other on this one. Arizona State's got a first-time head coach in Kenny Dillingham and a freshman quarterback in Jaden Rashada. I think those two are going to learn each week, and I think they're going to be even better coming in this week. They got the game at home. I think Arizona State pulls this one out, but I think it could go either way. That's probably my least confident pick. That's a, definitely a coin flip, so I can see the lack of confidence in that pick. Let's go rapid fire for the next few. Just give me a winner, a loser, and a quick why, because you know I love my quickies. Auburn's traveling out to California, leaving the South in this game. What'd you think? I picked Auburn. I think they have too much talent on their team to not win this one. You know, between the recruits they get at going to Cal, I, I think the kryptonite side is they got to travel to Cal. If you look at Cal's rushing offense, 347 yards last week with their lead running back getting 178 rushing yards on 20 carries. So if they were going to lose, I think that'd be the reason. But I think Auburn just pulls this out with with having such big time players and being a big time program. Yeah. And Adam wants to go rapid fire like he does with his wife. Always real quick. (laughs) Anyway, let's go on to Arizona, Mississippi State. What do you got? Yeah. Arizona, Mississippi State. Yeah. I like that matchup. This is one I'm not as confident in Pac-12. I think Mississippi State takes it. Arizona, much like Arizona State. Yeah. They're in the bottom tier of the Pac-12. I think Mississippi State pulls this out. Arizona's not traveling to Mississippi and and winning that game. Mississippi State pulls it out. Yeah. It's a lot of cowbell they're going to have to listen to. I don't think they're ready for that. I don't think the eardrums can handle it. (laughs) But let's get two more bonus picks. These aren't uh, necessarily Power 5 games or out-of-conference games, but we have one big conference game. But I want to hear your thoughts on USC versus Stanford. Yeah, USC-Stanford. You look at it, and USC is the heavy favorite. They're who I pick in this one. But I think Stanford's a type of team that always can sneak up on you. They're a great program. Uh, Out of the last four years, they've split the games with USC winning uh, the last one, Stanford winning the one before that, USC, and then Stanford again. I think you can look at this game to break that streak. Another side of it is the sentiment, you know, going into this. These are teams that have played each other for a long time, and this is the last time they're going to line up 
in a conference matchup. And that's kind of, that's kind of sad in a little ways, but you know, I'm excited to see it. USC takes it. Yeah. The total points says Vegas does not trust USC's defense whatsoever. What are your thoughts on right down the road in LA, UCLA versus San Diego State? Yeah. UCLA, San Diego State. San Diego State's one of those teams that they, they sneak up on people. I mean, point proven, 2019 was the last time UCLA played San Diego State, and San Diego State took that game. They took it 23-14. But I think UCLA's got this one. The only thing, you know, that kind of intrigues me or like might worry you a little bit is Chip Kelly rolling the dice at throwing out multiple QBs and trying them out. He's truly treating these games as preseason games like he did last week. He's doing the same thing this week. Uh, He's going to have his five-star freshman, Dante Moore, back out there. He shined bright in that game. And he's going to be in competition with, this time, their highly touted transfer quarterback, uh, Colin Schley. He's going to get his first action this game. He's transferred in from Kent State. This is the matchup I was wanting to see all season long to see who was going to come out on top. So I kind of look forward to seeing that QB battle there. And uh, as long as they don't get caught up in in trying to see what their team looks like, uh, I think UCLA pulls this one out pretty easily. Nice. I've always had a question. Is there like a quack chant or something you have up there in Oregon? You know how they got the chicken dance. We should be doing the duck dance or something, you know? That's right. Yeah, they need to have that big quack in the background like they have the tiger roar at Penn State. Oh, yeah. Um, One thing I like at Oregon State, they got chainsaw noise. That's kind of a fun one, you know, just with the beavers there. Well, Jamie, it's always good to hear from you, man. I'm glad to get the ducks on board and get some opinions from the West Coast anytime you can come on. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be a part of the show. And uh, yeah, look forward to the next time. Should be a good weekend to college football. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. We always love those duck details. Any weekend with college football is a good weekend. Amen to that. All right, brother. So it's time. It's time to bring Seattle Matt back and this Vegas does Matt special. Matt got done by Vegas. He didn't do Vegas, so we had to change the name this week. Vegas is doing Matt all the way with his 5-8 and eight record. We had to change the name just like AJ said. Let's step up and see what the big games of the week are for Matt. Starting off with, let's say, Tulane Ole Miss. What do you got? Yeah, this is a good one. Thank you all for having me back. Um definitely like it it's one of the few uh, matchups this week we have two ranked teams right now we're seeing Ole Miss at minus seven uh started out at minus six so that has moved up a point game isn't is that Ole Miss just curious your thoughts with Tulane being a ranked team coming off a hot year last year what do y'all think there for me it was more of a one-hit wonder Tulane isn't the team that they were last year which is why we don't have them ranked in the NIL fan vote top 25 that's an interesting take. Yeah, I'll take this the over. Game? And we have the over. The over's a good the over's a good call. Yeah, that's a that's a good call out, AJ. Is right now I've seen the over sitting at sixty-six. It opened at sixty-two and a half. So we're seeing a three and a half point swing upward on that over. That's telling you that a lot of money is coming in on that over. Expect a high scoring game. I do like that idea of Tulane. I think they started off strong week one. 
uh, Ole Miss. Don't really know what you're going to get. They got a great running game. We'll see. But great call at AJ with the over there. Yeah, thank you. So let's keep it in the SEC. What do you uh, What do you got on Texas A&M and Miami? Yeah, that one is uh, opened up at five. You've seen that drop to four and a half in favor of Texas A&M. They are the favorites of four and a half. Something I do like there as well. Another one of those overs that started out at forty eight and a half is climbing up to fifty one and a half. I'll tell you right now, I I usually am very bearish on Texas A&M. I think they're one of the most overhyped teams year in year out with Van Dyke at quarterback and Cristobal as coach, I, I'd like to see them do a little bit more down there to you. What are your thoughts? I'd be hard-pressed to pick a team in this game. Uh, so I think four and a half is about right. And I think it's a scary one to play. What did you say the over-under was for this game? It's sitting at 51 and a half right now, but that is up three. It opened at 48 and a half. So you're seeing a lot of money thinking that this is going to be a higher scoring game. Definitely something to keep a look at. I, I take the over all day. So you're really looking at a 28-24 game or something along those lines. If you see that, you like the over, you like, let's just say you you want to take the points with the 4.5 Miami 28-24 A&M win, you cover the over, you cover the spread, or you you get the you get the points into your favor. So Petrino offense, I take the over. Right on. Let's move on then. Uh, this big game we got with Texas and Alabama. Yeah, so that one, seeing some movement in the other direction when you're going with the over-under. It started at 57. You've now seen it creep down to 54 and a half. So you've seen about a two and a half point swing. And just a call out to everyone here, when you're seeing these four, three, two, even two and a half point springs, these are big, these are big point changes. So these are things that you really want to keep an eye on. It's showing you where money is flowing. It's showing you where Vegas is trying to get that number down so they're getting money on both sides. So you're seeing that number go down two and a half points. That's what they're telling you. Maybe this game's a little bit tighter. I know last year was a tighter game. I'm going off the top of my head. I want to say it was 2019 or something along those lines. So pretty close game. You also seeing that kind of reflected in the spread. Alabama started out at six and a half. They are now up to seven. What that's really telling us is that betting public, albeit mildly, is still thinking that the Tide is going to win this one by that touchdown. Still not believing in Sarkeesian down in Texas. And I have to say, I completely agree with everything they're saying where, where their money's going. Yeah, Bryant and Diddy, they're not going to win there. They had the crowd with them last year. They surprised Alabama a little bit. Alabama's got their quarterback. They're going to be good to go. Absolutely. Alabama by more than seven for me, so... Definitely taking Bama in this. Let's go look at that Friday night game, Illinois-Kansas. Absolutely. So that one stayed pretty steady with Kansas minus three. You know, you kind of talk about the uh, the NFL adage of the home team is has that field goal favorite. You don't see that much in college football, but with seeing the line staying relatively steady at minus three, it's kind of screaming at you that if this was a bowl game or a neutral site game, that this would kind of be a push or an even spread game. I'll also tell you what, I think Illinois got tested last Last week, I know you look at the schedule and you see Toledo, you don't think much of it. That is probably going to be your MAC champion that they played in week one. They worked down in that game. They came back and won, fought really hard there. I like Illinois. And if you're giving me three points with Illinois, I like that. Over, not, over under is stated about 58 as well, too. So you're seeing some scoring, but not a ton. How do you feel about going straight uh, underdog here with Illinois? I mean, I'm in on Illinois. I, I'm questioning that going under there, that 58. I don't know if these are high-scoring teams. Are, is that 58 on the over and under on cupcakes Brett Billum is going to eat? Pretty sure that uh, Illinois-Toledo game was 30-28 last week, so that gives you your 58 right there. No, you're right. I, I mean, I'm with you now. I don't take it. I was questioning it. 
let's move on. Wisconsin, Washington State, the Battle of the Ws. Uh, what do you got you there? You got the Badgers coming to play in Pullman. Small crowd, but a feisty crowd. I think they're going to be really excited for this. It's a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff, ABC. I can tell you from firsthand experience, Cougars don't get a lot of ABC games, so that is going to be a ruckus crowd out there. One of the big things you're seeing with the lines, again, the over-under, it started at 54.5. It is now up to 58.5. Again, a four-point swing is a lot of money. I don't really know if I ever want to put Wisconsin in the terms of having a you know a shootout. That's just really not even their style. I don't care who their current coach is. Uh, that W on the helmet tells me that it's going to be a slugfest. That spread started at six in favor of Wisconsin. It's moved to six and a half. So just a little bit of movement there. I think Washington State comes out early. They come out firing. That crowd is going to be in this. I think there's too much Wisconsin now. I, I like them favorably here. So I don't think Wisconsin travels well. So I think this is going to be closer. I think Wisconsin sneaks out the W, but I think six and a half is a bit high. Laying the points. All right. I think this is a three point win by Wisconsin. I'm with you. Interesting. College football home night crowds, they do matter. But, AJ, you want to get them on that rapid fire? Let's get them on the rapid fire. All right, so Purdue, Virginia Tech. Purdue all the way, money line. If you want to take the points, so be it. Purdue. All right, Iowa Iowa State. Yeah, right now Iowa State is sitting at minus 3.5. This game is over under 36 and a half. I'm telling you right now, when you see over-unders under 40 in college football, stay away from them. Iowa minus three and a half. They may score a field goal and a safety. I see a five-nothing win. Iowa probably covering the points. One more rapid fire for you. UM, as in Michigan, and UNLV. I'll tell you right now, when you start getting into the 30-plus point spreads, uh, those are pretty scary. Uh, University of Michigan was a 30-plus point. I typically stay away from these big spreads. Even the over-under at 58, you're really looking at how much is one team going to score and is the team that's going to lose big time going to get a touchdown or a couple in there. Highly unlikely. I, I think it's a stay-away game altogether. All right. And the truly rapid fire, this is you're late for work, your wife wants a quickie, you got to bust a nut quick, rapid fire. So let's go Baylor, Utah. Oh, Utah all the way. What Baylor did last week was a disgrace. Utah minus seven and a half. Run with it. Oregon, Texas Tech. Yeah. Traveling down to Lubbock, minus six and a half. What Texas Tech did in Laramie with Wyoming, don't think so. Like Oregon, uh, minus six and a half. Stanford, USC. Yeah, this one I would lean a little bit more to the over. 69 and a half right now, currently sitting at dropped a point and a half. USC's defense is terrible. They're going to put up a ton of points. Go with the over. All right, now we got to talk a little bit about this one. Colorado, Nebraska. What do you got? Yeah. This one, this one, I'm going to backtrack a little from the rapid fire because we've seen some crazy movement on this game. Just for some perspective, and again, since Nebraska played Thursday, there was a little bit of time in between there. But this spread started out at Colorado minus five, five and a half. I've seen it go down as one and a half. It is currently sitting at two and a half. This spread bounced all over the map. Now, those numbers are all in favor of Colorado. So it's still Vegas and the betting public thinks Colorado is going to win. They're questioning where that's going to be. Another crazy wave with this game is this over-under started at 65 and a half. It is now down to 59 and a half. I'm going to equate this to the fact that Deion Sanders has spoke to every single microphone put in his face. Find a line somewhere that you are comfortable with and stick with it. But otherwise, I'd just say get your popcorn ready and enjoy this one. What are y'all thoughts here? Colorado with the points all the way. I say danger, danger, danger. I like Nebraska in this game. They're my pick for the winner. But man, I have no confidence. Colorado could win by 
20. Nebraska could win by three. It could be anywhere in between. I have no idea where to go on this game. I have to agree with the AJ 100%. Stay away. So everyone has their dumpster fire games, but we here at Big Ten Backers, we like to get a little creative with it. So we have a game. You know when you go pee and it starts to burn? You really got to keep peeing, but it hurts a little bit. And much like that, watching terrible games hurt your eyes. But as a connoisseur of college football, I got to watch. So we call this, it's burning when you pee game of the week. So what you got for us? Yeah. What is your burning when you pee game? I think I have one that really fits this description. And it is University of Texas El Paso versus Northwestern. I don't even know if the family of this team is going to be watching this game. It is that awful. You're talking about a Northwestern team that fought like hell in the remaining 30 seconds of the fourth quarter to put seven points up against Rutgers. And they pulled out all the stops just to do that. Still lost by 17. It was pretty pathetic. UTEP over under beginning year five and a half in a group of five conference. That's screaming at you a very mediocre team. This this is a one and a half point UTEP favorite in this game. Uh, The over under 38 and a half. Again, instant red flags when you see that over under under 40 in college football that screams at you i'm going to say three nothing utep what are your thoughts on this abysmal football game i think northwestern should just hang out in the locker rooms that's where they like to play games anyway and nothing really says chlamydia like northwestern utep i I don't want to go anywhere with that i don't want to touch it i don't want to look at it but i'm going to watch it on tv of course but that that's that's why we're talking here is if you are going to watch it that's what this segment is all about, putting a little action on it so you actually have something to care about in this game. So if you are going to watch it, Beef, I need to know, are you going with that over-under, that 38-and-a-half, or are you going with the minus-one-and-a-half UTAP just because you need something fun to do while you're watching this dumpster fire? This might be the only game Northwestern can win, so I'm going to go with Northwestern on this one. I'm taking it. I'm taking them to win. Wow. All right. Matt does Vegas. I mean, hey, hey, Vegas, it was Vegas does, Matt. does Matt. Been able to sit down all week, Matt? It's been a struggle. Hoping to have a bounce back week this week. I'll keep you all posted. Thanks, man. I'll definitely have beef send you out a donut pillow to help with the uh, anal pains. <sighs> it would be greatly appreciated. And hopefully next week you'll be back doing Vegas. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, Beef. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also visit the website, NILFanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today. Yeah.